Retro Hangover Podcast is supported in part by Patreon. And at this time, we'd like to thank our 16-bit tier members, Lyle McCarns and Ashton Ruby, for being awesome Patreon subscribers. Thanks, guys. Open your ears and crack some beers. You are listening to episode 47 of Retro Hangover. podcast while you're listening to it. It's the Retro Hangover Podcast, where we are billowing buckets of badassness. Best believe it's true, though. We're back in black for episode 47 of the Retro Hangover Podcast. I'm your co-host, Chris Copleen, and joined, as always, with your spoopy host, Shane. Ghost-sucking dick, Dragon Koski. Okay, I feel like the enunciation of, of the Dick Dragon moniker this time around was particularly important. And, and I appreciate how you, how you did that. So, so thank you, because that could have gone a lot worse. I, I, I aim to please. <laughs> so, so does the ghost say. Never mind. Anyway, how are you doing, Chris? Uh, I've been busy and tired. Yeah. How about you? Busy, busy and tired. Yeah, that... That that sounds about right. That yeah, that is my life. Adulting. Yeah, it's it's a good time. It's a good time. So so in the midst of all of that busy and and tired, did you uh, happen to find some time to do some non-adulting? What we like to refer to as the video games. I, I actually am very offended by that because I believe video games are also an adult action. So I no, I like to keep those separated. Record in my mind because adulting is depressing and boring and Mm. video games are the polar opposite of that so so what i'm saying is don't take my sunshine from me chris that's what i'm saying mario sunshine no that game's terrible okay uh i've i've had a a (laughs) few games i've played so I, i i'm like backtracking on a lot of it so i finished parasite eve like i said parasite eve was uh a short little jaunt, and it was an enjoyable jaunt. I liked it. As you said, like it's a succinct game that gets to the point. Mm. It doesn't take up too much of your time. It has a lot of fun gameplay elements. And if, if you want to hear my rapid-fire review of it, which is not published Ooh. yet, but it will be out. It uh, has yet to be downloaded, but it is uh, ready for edit and will be out soon for our $5 tier subscribers, the 16-bit tier subscribers who are amazing. Uh, other games I've played is Breath of Fire 3. Uh, which I started. I just started it. That's pretty much it. But I also know I got to finish up Chrono Trigger on the PC, which, by the way, it's irritating me. It shows me why the Saturn controller is the best controller ever because I hooked up As my, if you needed more reasons to, to say that. Sure. I, I need all the reasons because it is. <laughs> but uh-huh. the Sega Genesis Retrobrick controller, as much as I do love that controller, mm-hmm. uh, when I hook it up to my computer and try playing Chrono Trigger on uh, Steam with it, the controller is in a perpetual state of pressing up so fun yeah i can't even start the game and it's really hard to exit it when i fire it up and uh also trying to get back into fantasy star because i wanted to stream that but every single time i have time for streaming i realize that that's time better utilized for doing discussion questions for college courses so i see that's that adulting shit i was talking about man i don't 
College courses aren't adulting. It's adulting adjacent. Adulting. Adult edumacationing. How about that? Yes. Yes. Sure. That seemed that seems right. So you mentioned Breath of Fire. Am I wrong in thinking that I thought I just saw some news about like Breath of Fire one through three being released for like Switch or something sometime soon? I haven't seen Breath of Fire one through three coming to Switch, but I know Dragon or was Quest. It? It, I want. Oh, yeah, maybe that's what it was. Okay, yeah. I feel I mixed those two up in my brain for some reason, but okay, yeah. They're, no, you're right. It was they, Dragon Quest. Yeah, they're similar, uh, but. Not, not too similar. But uh, yeah, I'm ex- super excited mostly about Dragon Quest 3 coming to the Switch because 1 and 2 are trash. But 3 I'm oh, very, well, great. very excited about. Uh, other than that, I also got the Sega Genesis Mini, and it's cool. Uh, I, I really love it. It's, it's I don't know. Uh, I hate to say it, but like emulators are better. Shh, I didn't say that. But <laughs> like there's just something off about the visual presentation that I've seen. Maybe it's just my old shitty TV. But I, I just don't like the way that. I mean, weren't itself. those made to run on old shitty TVs? Wasn't that the point? Well, no, because old CRTs are not shitty nowadays. I'm talking about I, it's an old. It's the one I use for my computer monitor that I probably bought back. Oh, so it's like an old like 2009 plasma or LCD or some shit. Yeah, it's an old LCD. But I'm just talking okay. about the. It looks very very uh, blocky, and I understand that's kind of how old 16 bit games look. But you put that on yeah. a CRT and it looks gorgeous especially because I have a uh, RGB connection for my uh, Genesis and it looks gorgeous on my CRT. It just looks a little off and the controller itself. There's just, I don't know. It's just like the, the buttons themselves with the controller that comes with the console are kind of squishy. And I kind of mentioned this in our Sunday stream at Sonic the Hedgehog. There's, there's just a little bit of fidelity that, you notice. there's a little bit of a drop off between Mm -hmm. these new USB Sega controllers and what was present on original hardware. And it takes me back a little bit because I I don't get that even when I emulate it on my PC. So it might be a problem with the Sega Mini. But overall, the level of detail on this thing is insane. It's uh, everything that we've seen in YouTube videos from all those creators that got it like a month ago. Well, I had to sit and wait around for it because, you know, I'm not special. They were right. Uh, everything is there. Like the volume slider works. Uh, you know, of course, the power on and off and reset button work. They have to. There's a hole for the cartridge <laughs> slot. Uh even the slot where the Sega CD is, would connect, if there was a Sega CD and there is a cosmetic, purely cosmetic Sega CD model one you can attach to this thing, it's all there. So it's it's I I'm blown away by the amount of detail that went to this thing, and and some of the games on there are really really fun. I look forward to playing it more when you know I don't have to do college work all the time. Yeah, no, no, of course not. How about your video huh. gaming, Shane? Well, uh, in a way, it, it it actually kind of what you were talking about just now sort of reminded me of what I was doing a little bit because I um, so I finished up Moonlighter recently, and um, I, I actually speaking of unreleased bonus content i've got a, another rapid fire review for that done and edited actually and ready to go so for our 16-bit tier patrons that'll be out shortly speaking of which if i forget chris remind me at the end of this episode that we totally need to give the shout outs to our patrons because we have been failing hard on that one and we need to do that yeah but we, anyway we totally have yeah um but uh, so i finished that up really enjoyed that actually it was it was a good little game um and it was at the uh price of free as in beer so that's always a bonus and I just started playing Celeste finally because that was also free Ooh. on the Epic Store. Say what you want about the Epic Store or whatever, but they give away a lot of free shit. 
Um, actually, I have not bought a single thing on the Epic Store. <laughs> Everything I have there has been the free stuff. Um, is it free and, now? And Celeste is not yeah. now. You, I think you just missed the window. Because, but now if you go and look, they've got um, all three the the Arkham trilogy of Batman games and the three Batman Lego games are all free right now. If you want to go grab them, um, I already have all those. Well, I had like half of them, so I figured, fuck it, why not? And so I just got them all. Um, but anyway, I, I've just scratched the surface of playing Celeste, and um, the thing that you were talking about, like blocky pixels, actually kind of reminded me of that, because obviously I'm, I'm playing it on a PC, and so it's a somewhat large LCD screen, and that game, it feels weird on like a high res LCD, even though it's a new game and it was made to be played on something like that. It's like, it's almost as if it zoomed in like a little too close. I don't know. It, 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 it really threw me off. But what you were saying about that, the mini kind of reminded me of that same thing. Okay. Um, but outside of that, uh, just the usual stuff. Um, I'm still wrapping up the season 18 run in Diablo three on my switch. And, um, I uh, I still got my mobile games that I'm keeping up on. Um, Final Fantasy uh, Opera Omnia just had their first batch of level 70 awakenings for some of their characters. So I've been grinding the good grind, as it were. Hmm. Um, but yeah, that's uh, that's about it, man. But of course, I have been putting um, some some serious time into playing what we're going to be talking about today, so that I could be properly prepared and. Um, what what are we talking about today, Chris? Oh, well, today we are talking about the GameCube classic, Luigi's Mansion. Ah, uh, yes, yes. The game the GameCube slash also pretty good 3DS port, which for the record is, is what I was playing. Mm-hmm. Cool. So I guess I'm gonna go ahead and introduce it myself then. Uh so I'm gonna take it away. <laughs> and You son uh, of a bitch, I did introduce you. I did introduce it. Fine. I will do this again. I didn't, I didn't hear because it, Because you man. don't understand how an introduction works. So I will do this. Maybe I don't. Maybe I did it very poorly. Okay. Or it could be that, like, your internet is balls and I keep hearing, like, half of what you're saying. Could be that. Maybe not. Well, I didn't say you are going to give us the brief history. So you know what? I'm going to do that now. So. Well, fine. This will be fun to edit. Go for it. <laughs> Just leave it in. Fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> so. With our brief history of Luigi, with our brief history of Luigi's uh, Lil, mansion, uh, of of Lil Weezy, Lil Lil Weezy's mansion. <laughs> so, with our brief history of Luigi's mansion, here's Shane. If you received a letter claiming you had won a giant mansion in a contest that you don't recall entering, would you A. Enthusiastically tell your next of kin about your good fortune and invite them to come see your newly acquired home with you, or B. Become immediately suspicious of a random junk letter that by all accounts looks, sounds, and smells like a complete scam. If your name is Luigi, you best believe you're headed straight out into the middle of nowhere to claim your new prize in spite of the ominous backwood you have to traverse to get there 
or that said mansion looks way more like a haunted death trap than the brochure would suggest. Luigi's Mansion is a first-party action-adventure slash survival horror title developed and published for the Nintendo GameCube in 2001. The game marks the second time Luigi would be the main protagonist, with the first being the educational title Mario is Missing in 1993. The game sees players controlling Luigi, Mario's lovable but often hapless brother, as he explores a haunted mansion logically broken up into what can be considered four stages. Each stage requires Luigi to venture into new areas of the mansion, hunting down the spirits that inhabit it, gathering keys to progress through locked doors, and, inevitably, facing off against a boss ghost. The canonically green Mario brother is assisted in his task of cleansing his newly won digs and, eventually, saving his mysteriously missing sibling by a flashlight and a ghost-busting contraption known as the Poltergust 3000, a kind of souped-up vacuum invented by one Professor Elvin Gad, or EGAD for short. The professor also equips Luigi with a Game Boy Horror, a multi-purpose tool that very much resembles a Game Boy Color, which can be used to examine the mansion and its restless residents. Luigi's Mansion was first revealed at Nintendo Space World 2000 as a tech demo, designed to showcase the graphical prowess of the GameCube. This demo was composed of full-motion video footage rather than gameplay, and was not originally intended to be anything more. However, soon after its creation, Nintendo decided to turn it into a full-fledged game. Only a short year later, a build of Luigi's Mansion was shown at E3 alongside the GameCube console. A more finalized version, and the last to be shown before an official release, was made available at Nintendo Space World that same year. The soundtrack for Luigi's Mansion was composed by Shinobu Tanaka and Kazumi Totaka, with voice talent being provided by Charles Martinet for Mario and Luigi, and Jen Taylor for Toad. The game would go on to receive the BAFTA Interactive Entertainment Award for its audio in 2002. Luigi's Mansion would see release as a launch title for the GameCube on November 18, 2001. The game received largely positive reviews, with outlets praising the title for its refreshing ideas and clever, innovative gameplay. It did not escape without some minor criticisms, however, with some reviewers bemoaning the game's relatively short length. Luigi's Mansion would ultimately go on to create a legacy all of its own, spawning a sequel for the Nintendo 3DS, subtitled Dark Moon, in 2013, a Japan-exclusive arcade machine developed by Capcom and published by Sega in 2015, as well as a 3DS port in 2018 co-developed by Grezzo. Elements of the game also make appearances in many other Nintendo properties, with the mansion itself becoming a stage in several Mario Kart, Super Smash Bros., and Mario Sports titles. And that is your brief history of Luigi's Mansion. I just want to say that the best part about the Game Boy Horror is that it has a backlight. <laughs> Unlike the <laughs> that, Game Boy Color. That's, true. that's how you know it's not a Game Boy Color. That That's true, and I, I guess it... it yeah, I guess it had that way before you could even get anything close to to that on an actual Game Boy Color. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. In any case, thank you for the brief history. Um Yeah. For that. I mean I didn't I I completely forgot that it had an arcade machine. Yeah, so actually uh, about that real quick. Um I, I thought it was interesting. So even though technically speaking, that, that arcade cabinet is uh Japan exclusive, that's not a hundred percent accurate. 
uh, a little bit after the fact, they actually localized some of those um, exclusively for uh, Dave and Buster's locations. Uh, not all of them, only select locations. And I believe, and it's been a hot minute since I've been to the Dave and Buster's here in Jacksonville, but I'm pretty sure that we actually have one. Yeah, I think that's where I've seen it too. I know we have a Mario Kart there, but I don't, yeah, no, we definitely I don't have that, know about the Luigi's Mansion. Because when you I said that, feel, it's like, oh, yeah, I feel like I remember before. seeing it. Uh, but yeah, so so in any event, um, I guess I'll talk a little bit about you know what what my experiences have been with the game. Um, I of course uh, came to this a little bit a little bit later, <laughs> mm-hmm. and by a little bit I mean like within the past month or so. Uh, I, I actually played the sequel, um, Dark Moon, before I played the original. Uh, I got it digitally on my 3ds and then i ended up picking up this one uh several weeks back in order to kind of prepare for this episode um because i I feel like i kind of had the general gist of luigi's mansion and how it plays just from the second one but i wanted to experience the original just you know just to be sure And, and there are some some mechanical differences and of course the second one kind of expands on the idea of this one both mechanically and just in terms of like length and breadth, because the second one has like five mansions, I think it is, that mm-hmm. Luigi explores as opposed to just the one and the first one. But honestly, like the length of this of this title doesn't really bother me so much. Um, I mean, I said this last episode, and I'll probably say it forever, that short experiences like that that can pack everything in in a relatively you know succinct amount of time, I... I really do appreciate and and the original Luigi's Mansion unless you're unless you're planning on becoming a um a completionist and trying to 100% everything and get the golden frames on all the portrait ghosts which I'll I'll talk about a little bit later. Um it really should only take you probably about uh half a dozen hours or so give or take to really get through this one. So not a huge time investment. Mm-hmm. But like I said, I'm I'm okay with that. Yeah, perfect for an adult lifestyle. You know, you're not too. Yeah, yeah, for sure. With that kind of stuff. So my first experience, this game came out in 2001, and mm. I I played it before it came out. So it had to be early 2001. It had to be because I had my I know I had my driver's license at the time. So it was probably okay. early to mid 2001 because Nintendo had a little event in Chicago. And the guy I was working at Toys R Us at the time, and there was a guy I was working with, and he's like, hey, I can't attend this Nintendo event downtown, but I have tickets. Do you want to go? And of course, I was like, yeah, <laughs> let's let's <laughs> let's go. So I ended up driving downtown. Uh, it wasn't exactly in the best part of town either. That was the weirdest part about it, you know. But uh, we, we go there, and Nintendo had this entire exhibit set up, and you could play all the games that were there. And Luigi's Mansion was one of them. So that's where I first played the game. Of course, it wasn't really extensive, just got a hands-on. But Luigi's Mansion was a launch title, so it was enough to convince me to pick that up along with the system when it came out later that year. And I can't remember if I got it when it came out or got it for Christmas. But um, I didn't beat the game. Uh, I started playing it, got got pretty far into it, and I think Super Monkey Ball ended up taking up most of my time. But <laughs> I do remember I... I I found it to be be nice and fun. I do I do appreciate a lot of the humor, and I can understand why it doesn't completely translate over to the uh, Nintendo 3DS. It's just because there are elements on there that have like analog control for the suction of the vacuum and uh, so on and mm-hmm. so forth, which just are not present on the 3DS. 
Uh, I'm saying well, the analog stick is a lot better. And well, go ahead. Yeah. So well, so actually, backtracking a little bit, I, I actually had a question for you about your um, yeah your Nintendo experience that you had there. So do you recall? And I know this is kind of like a somewhat minor detail, um, but do you recall when you played the demo? Was there a timer on the demo specifically on like the Game Boy Horror? Like, was there a was there a timer present in the game? I mean, I don't remember the specifics about it just because, I mean, you have to remember, like, I was 16. <laughs> so um, I was just He's like, I don't know. Play something I was doing all the drugs. I don't remember anything. I mean, that's not too far off the truth, but <laughs> there's there's that certain element. I was just excited to be able to play a system before a, a system had launched. I had never done that before to my recollection. So just to be able to. To play a GameCube, I think these were fully formed games. As you know, a lot of these games are, are fully complete before they come over, before they're released or come over to the States. So I can't remember, right. you know, how far along in production it was, if it was complete or anything like that. I just remember, here's the new, here's the new Mario game because there were no Mario games at launch for the GameCube. So this was the Mario game. Uh, so let's go in there and play it and see how good it is. And I mean, it's a fun game. It's not a mainline Mario game. And that's kind of why I brought Mario Sunshine earlier. Uh, because that was the main well, Mario also, game. Well, I'll say that, yeah, that's also something that a lot of reviewers kind of pointed out as a disappointment, actually, was that the 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 launch, quote-unquote, Mario title for the GameCube was not Mario. Until later. Uh, and I think, you know, Super Mario Sunshine deserves its own episode at some point. But uh, that yeah, was... probably will. That, that's, that's, that was the Mario game. Uh, so that was the mandatory game to play. Well, so the reason I asked about the timer is because that was like a little bit of of trivia about that is that when they were showing the game pre-release on, on in several locations, the version that they were running as the demo um, included a a built-in timer that you could see when you brought up the the Game Boy Horror into first-person mode in the game. And that led a lot of people to speculate that the final version of the game was going to be time based in that, like, you only had X number of hours to save Mario or Luigi would become depressed and lose or something, Uh Um, which for the record, super glad that didn't happen. Because if you listen to my rant on the last episode about timing things, hamstringing games, I fucking hate that shit. But turns out that wasn't the case. It was actually just there specifically for the demo because when the timer ran down, uh, Professor Egad would pop up and basically kick the player back to the laboratory and start the demo over. So it was a built-in way to keep kids from hogging the demo machine, I guess. Uh-huh. Um, so that's, that's why I asked. that. So that's all. Oh, yeah. I mean, these these were actual full game cubes i think they're actual like I, i'm sure they're demo discs but i don't remember there being a timer i was like very uh you know in, enjoy everything that's here that was the kind of thing the vibe i, I got gotcha. you so you so you probably came to it a little bit like closer to release then probably oh absolutely i know it was before yeah. like september 11th but it was mm-hmm. uh a, quite a distance before gotcha okay so uh i i kind of put together a little bit of a list, uh, especially considering, uh, you know, this game is now in my recent memory, having played through it um, in the past couple of weeks uh, of, of some things that I kind of wanted to point out, both some positives and a, a few negatives about the game from my personal point of view, as well as just some little trivia bits that I kind of picked up when I was doing the research for the episode. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so, and Chris, feel free to jump in whenever you want. Um, so one thing no. that, cool. All right. Well, the rest of this is going to be the, the Shane podcast. So welcome. I Shane will cast. be discussing Luigi's Mansion. Yes. The Shane cast. So one thing that I found kind of interesting actually is, is even though in the, the brief history that I had went over, um, I had mentioned that this was sort of originated as a tech demo for the GameCube, which is mm, true, but not a hundred percent accurate. Uh, turns out that Luigi's mansion, or at least the idea for it technically began its development cycle as a Nintendo 64 title. Um, but that project ended up getting canceled near the end of the N64's lifespan. And so what, got brought back for a tech demo for the GameCube was more of just like a a resurrection of a previous project. And they weren't sure that they were going to completely go through with it, but they did want to use the concept to at least showcase the, the GameCube's, you know, graphical capabilities. And then it kind of evolved from there. But I thought it was interesting that, that it could have been a a late stage N64 game. And, and for the record there, there actually is a, uh, an unofficial, like hack out there um, called Luigi's Mansion 64 that that you can play if you so choose. There's actually a lot of games from that era that that were like that though. Like uh, yeah. Shenmue started out as mm-hmm. a start off as a Saturn game. Uh, Eternal mm-hmm. Darkness started off as an N64 game. Uh, you start seeing that happen later too. Like uh, I think Cameo started off as uh, for the 360. Uh, that's pretty. That's kind of deep dive. That started out as a I say that that's a deep cut right there. Yeah, that that's uh, that. I think that started out as a GameCube game. Star Fox Adventures, I think, started as an N sixty four game. So yeah, it also started as a completely different, not Star Fox related game as well. Oh but yeah, yeah, it was like sure dinosaur we'll talk about that someday. <laughs> someday, <laughs> that'll be a tough. I mean, that's going to be a tough game to talk about because you have to play Star Fox Adventures. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a good point. Yeah, maybe we'll just watch somebody else suffer through it on YouTube. <laughs> But, but uh, uh, that, yeah. that's that that's I think that started to become more more and more common back then. Uh, so that doesn't necessarily surprise me because you look at like the NES to SNES, you don't see a lot of games necessarily bridging that gap or getting upgrades. And like uh, 16-bit generation going into the 32-bit generation, you don't mm-hmm. see a lot of those games like at the end of their life just swapping over production to the next system. So that that is something I think you do see a lot of. Uh, starting in that era moving forward yeah no for sure and and, uh, it's not uncommon i think with kind of every cycle where some of those games that you know kind of come in late stage there there needs to be some discussion in a boardroom somewhere of okay do we stick with this and this old platform and you know ride this out or do we take the chance and kind of delay things and try to hit the the you know the new the new platform so so that makes sense um, one, one of the other things, bits of trivia, I guess, that I thought was kind of cool about this, and it actually ended up getting resurrected in a way, but much later, was that, um, and I didn't know this, I'm sure you probably did, that the GameCube console by default actually supported stereoscopic 3D. Did you know that? Nope. I did not know that. I think that's really interesting, though. Yeah. Apparently, it was something that Nintendo was looking into trying to leverage on a much larger scale with the GameCube. uh, But then they kind of realized that 3D TVs at that time were like 
way too cost prohibitive for like most people to actually take advantage of the technology. So they kind of canned that. And Luigi's Mansion, being that it was a launch title for the console, originally was developed to support that, which might also help explain some things about how the game plays out, like the perspective that you have and the fact that it kind of feels like you're looking at, you know, so almost like a a dollhouse, like cutouts in a way um, that that sort of would have um, been conducive to seeing it in 3D. Um, and, and so technically that functionality was there, but it was just kind of disabled. I don't know if anybody's ever tried to like hack into the the code of Luigi's Mansion to see if they could do anything with that. I'm sure somebody has, but see, that's insane. Why? Why is that? Because HDTVs weren't even standardized in 2001. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it was 2001, right? So. I mean, I understand, like, if you go back to, like, Final Fantasy IX, in the game mm-hmm. code, they had, they have textures for 4K. And that's going back to 1999. And that's strange in and of itself. But, like, 3D, stereoscopic 3D TVs weren't even something that people talked about in 2001. And they tried making it a thing in like 2009, 2010, which is why it's, and I mean, it bombed, but that's why right. it's shocking that you're seeing it, that, that that was even thought about back in 2001, because that, that only really came to light when it had any light was with the dawn of the, uh, with the HD TVs and Avatar yeah. The movie. Yeah, I guess that was, well, I was going to say maybe that's the one good thing that Avatar brought along with it, but I don't even, I hated 3D TVs, so no. So no, it brought nothing good. No. <laughs> no. But uh, that's that's weird that Nintendo would think, I, I didn't know that, and that's probably why, because maybe it was axed early in the development of the GameCube? I think it must have been, yeah. Just because, I mean, and you're right, it, it, there's there's a line, right, of between being forward-thinking and then just being unrealistic. And I, and I think they made the smart decision of deciding, like, mm, maybe maybe we shouldn't do this because friggin' no one is going to be able to even make use of it. Right? So that actually brings up an interesting point because I don't have this game on the 3DS, nor do I have a working 3DS right now. I only have a 2DS. Uh-huh. Did you play the game in 3D and how was it? Was it, was it worth ah. it? Well, so that that was the late stage resurrection that I mentioned, where uh, the the game that was originally developed to have stereoscopic 3D and then didn't uh, when it got released on the 3DS finally included that original feature. Um, but to answer your question, no, I did not play it in 3D for two reasons. One, I never liked playing games in 3D on the 3DS. I mm-hmm. thought it was a t- terrible way to experience a game. And B, I don't own an actual 3DS anymore. I have a 2DS XL, which does not include the 3D functionality anyway. Mm-hmm. So there you go. But by all accounts, um, the, I mean the 3D works well enough from what I've what I've seen from other you know reviews and people playing the game on the on the 3DS version. So there's that. I just I just personally never liked it. I there were some instances where I think the th- the 3d kind of added to a game, but it had, it felt like it had to be very specific. Like there was one of the Mario titles for 3ds made real use. Actually it was probably fucking Mario 3d land or something. 3D land. No, it was 3d it. land. It was 3d land. Yeah. Purposefully made what could arguably be called good use of the 3d functionality. But I tried back when I had a 3ds XL, I tried to use the 3d function on a lot of those titles um, just because I felt like maybe I was 
not using the hardware to its full, you know, capabilities. And every single time I had it on for like a couple minutes and I'm just like, this is just distracting and it kind of hurts my eyes. So I just turned it off. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't know whether or not Luigi's Mansion would necessarily even benefit from being 3D. I don't think so, honestly. I mean, I feel like it's more of a gimmick than anything. And and actually, I mean, I don't know. For all I know, maybe it makes this part easier. But this kind of segues into one of my little gripes about the game, which is, and you brought this up actually uh, a little bit earlier about the analog controls. But mm-hmm. playing it on the 3DS, aiming the the Poltergust 3000 vertically is a pain in the ass. So you control Luigi with your stick, with the left stick, right? And the C stick can be used, but that's just for like rotating, if I recall correctly. Um, So the only way, there are two ways to aim up and down on the 3DS. One, which is more or less 3DS exclusive as far as I'm aware, is using the the motion control built into the the DS to actually physically point up and down. And I tried that and I turned it off like very quickly because uh, I, I ran into situations where you're, you know, you're frantically trying to capture a ghost and the mechanic of it is fairly simple, right? Like you, once you shine your flashlight on a ghost, their heart gets exposed and that's your like window of opportunity to turn on your vacuum. And as soon as that connects with the ghost, then you kind of are in this tug of war where you need to move Luigi in the opposite direction of wherever the ghost is trying to go. And of course they're going all over the place. So you're constantly readjusting. And so the whole thing, it's, it's fun. But when you then couple trying to aim up and down with moving in the right direction to keep that, you know, system going, because if you fail to move in the right direction too many times, you lose the ghost, then you have to like start not start all over but you have to kind of recapture them and keep going which is a pain in the ass and and also affects the outcome of some of the things like the portrait ghosts so right it just got super annoying and then so i turned that off right so then your only other option is using the d-pad on the ds to basically aim up and down manually which in my opinion is better than the motion control but still super sucks to actually use. Like it sucks. It, it really does. Like a yeah, vacuum. no, yeah, I knew you were gonna go there. <laughs> but but it really does. It it it's frustrating. it gets frustrating, especially on like boss ghost battles where okay, I've been alluding to this fucking portrait thing for a while, so I'm just gonna say it now because it's relevant. But part part of the completion of this game is capturing these boss ghosts, which are referred to as portrait ghosts, because the whole conceit is that Professor Egad figured out this way to capture spirits and then put them in paintings. And so he has this gallery of paintings with nothing in them anymore because all the ghosts managed to escape thanks to King Boo, who released them all and then built this mansion and he's housing all the ghosts in there. That's that's the whole conceit of the game, basically. And so when you go and capture one of these boss ghosts, they get put back into the portrait, which you can go and visit in the gallery in EGAD's laboratory. But the frame around that portrait is color-coded based on how well you did during that boss battle. So you get bronze, silver, or gold. And the the main driving force behind what 
frame you get and ergo how well the game thinks you did during that encounter is basically if you can manage to get the boss's health total from 100 down to, I think you have to do 80 or 90 points in one <laughs> in one suck, <laughs> basically. Um, one blow. Yeah, No, no, we're not blowing, just sucking. <laughs> suck, all suck, no blow. Um, at oh. least not for, at least not for that part. Um, but you have to do that all in one shot and that's more difficult suck, than it blow, sounds. Shot. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Keep, keep, keep up with that. So it's more difficult than it sounds though, I'm here all day. <laughs> because, uh, every time you start that encounter with a boss and you, you get that poltergust going on them, they start popping out random shit. Like, so they'll throw pearls and stuff, which count as money in the game that you can pick up, but also they'll randomly toss out like poison mushrooms and things like that. And most of these boss encounters also have smaller ghosts in the room that are also trying to fuck with you. And the random nature of like the poison mushroom coming out and then how it kind of randomly moves around the room in addition to the other ghosts that are usually there, I kind of feel like getting that golden portrait on all of those boss battles is like... I'm going to say 30% skill and then 70% luck because granted there is some skill in trying to dodge all that stuff while also moving in the opposite direction of the ghost and doing that all in one fluid motion. But you don't have to do it. But okay. Yes, I get that you don't have to do it, but there are people out there and I'm not doing that with this game. I did not for the record, but there are people out there that like to be completionists, man. And if they want to get golden portrait frames for all of the ghosts in this game, what I'm saying is that it's a frustrating experience because it almost doesn't matter how good you are at the mechanic. If you just get fucked by one random like toss of a poison mushroom, then you have completely lost the opportunity to get a golden portrait frame for that ghost. And so you either need to reset the game and load a previous save and try it again or just suck it up and say, well, I guess I'm not 100%ing this. That's that's kind of your only option. Right. But if you don't if you're not a completionist, it doesn't matter. <laughs> I mean, that that is one viewpoint. Yes. If you're just trying to play the damn game. By the way, all our listeners that were try- that were just listening to that, if you haven't already, go back to that and listen to it with it with a dirty mind about how you're sucking and blowing and shooting and there's big ghosts and little ghosts and Every once in a while, when they whip out the poison mushroom, things go crazy. So uh, everyone, just go back and re-listen to all of that. I'm I'm and, glad and that enjoy. you felt that you needed to explicitly point that out. <laughs> the poison mushroom is bad, children. That, the poison mushroom that, is that bad. is true. Don't don't accept mushroom tips from strangers. Uh, so I take it like you were playing this on. Um, so you're playing it on a, a new 2DS or? Yes, I'm playing it on. So you, you did have the second stick. I did. Yeah, I had that that C stick. I, I didn't really okay. use it at all, to be fair, but but it is there. A lot of your complaints, you know, I mean, first of all, you have to acknowledge, I mean, I think you already do, I and mean, I'm not trying to, you know, patronize you or anything, but, uh, and, and you alluded to this, is that this game was designed for the GameCube controller. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of things that you can't do with a 3DS, 2DS that you can do with the GameCube controller. I mean, obviously. Right. Um, so, like, the GameCube, for, for people who have not picked up a GameCube controller or used a GameCube controller, uh, the shoulder buttons are are analog buttons. And they are very 
it's obvious they're they have a lot of give. They're not like the PlayStation Two analog buttons, the face buttons, because you know if anyone's played a PlayStation Two DualShock Two, you can't tell those are analog buttons. But much like the Dreamcast controller and Saturn 3D pad, it's very obvious that the GameCube shoulder buttons are analog buttons, and that does play a mechanical role in how Luigi's Mansion controlled for the game. Right. In uh, terms of how much suction was being done by the vacuum, see, not sucked suction. Mm-hmm. I know mm-hmm. how to. Yeah. No. Get out of the perviness, right. even though I'll get back of to course. it. Um, but uh, it, it did play a mechanical role. And you did have your C-stick, even though I don't like the C-stick as a second uh, analog controller. Yeah, I don't either. Uh, second like, analog stick. But it is there. So that that was there to, to be utilized for the game. And Nintendo very much bases their controllers, at least f- from what I understand, and going up until I would say the Wii U, and the, even then they kind of did, their controller design was very much based off the games that Nintendo wanted to make. Sure. So Luigi's Mansion is is one of those games. Uh, they they build the game around the controller, or the controller is built around the game. And with Luigi's Mansion, I won't say that that was a primary concern, but it was Nintendo in house, and they're very very dedicated to making their games sync with their hardware. So it's going to be a more difficult game to play when you're playing it on the 2DS. Even if you're playing it on the Switch, because the Switch itself doesn't have natural analog buttons. Right. So, yeah, I'd say the best way to ever play this, and it's not out on the Switch yet, but Luigi's Mansion 3 will be coming on the Switch if I'm correct. That is, that is correct, uh, yes. The best way to play a Luigi's Mansion game, in my opinion, is still on the GameCube. And I don't think there's really any way you can get around that unless they really bring back those uh, analog functions that aren't present in any hardware after the GameCube, really. Yeah. No, no. And, and I agree. Yeah. I mean, it was from my perspective for me, it was just, um, it was much easier to like be able to experience this game on the, the 2DS as opposed to, you know, tracking down the GameCube and, and doing all that stuff. But, um, but no, I, I definitely agree. And I, and my grapes with the control scheme, I think are specific to the platform that I, that I played it on. Um, I don't think it's a knock against the game in general, uh, for sure. So, so I guess let's let's counter counterbalance a lot of my griping uh, about that with some of the things that I actually did like. Which, to be fair, contrary to how it sounded so far, I, I actually thoroughly enjoyed this game. So, um, some some minor things that I wanted to point out. I really loved the fact, and it's it's a stupid little thing, but I think it's just a great touch that Luigi hums along to the backing soundtrack of the game. That's that's it's amazing. So, it's so that. good. Like it's such a minor little detail, but it just adds that extra level of character that is just mm, it, it was amazing. Like I actually laughed out loud the first time I heard him doing it because the the soundtrack itself um, is great, but it's also part of the reason that it's great is because it knows when to be subtle, and so there are points where the music is is very subdued. And then that's when you really hear uh, <laughs> Luigi just humming to himself over top of the music, which is just great. Uh, it, it also conveys Luigi's mood, depending on you know how well, how he's humming or whistling or whatever. It's conveying the atmosphere of what he's doing at the time, like you said. And it's just so, and and that goes back to the subtlety: is Luigi whistling? Is he nervously humming to himself? You know, and it's. It goes perfectly with the game. It's so good. That is true. And it actually does change. You're right. Over the course of the game, like depending on what's going on at that current moment, um, 
there was enough of an attention to detail in that that the the nature of his like humming actually does change. Like at the beginning of the game, he's a little bit more like optimistic, kind of just humming to himself. And then as you get a little bit deeper into things and finding more of the ghosts and things like that, and he starts to see more of the the spirits popping up in the house and things like that. There there are moments where he's very clearly like more nervously nervously like humming and it's it's obvious which i think is just fantastic so there's definitely that uh as i did mention i didn't really mind the shorter length at all i thought it was great uh and actually i think it serves this particular game very well because even though i like the main sort of conceit of it and the way that the mechanics work in the game with the whole analog pointing thing aside i i actually think that the I don't want to say gimmick because I feel like that has a really negative connotation to it, but the 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 gameplay style I think would start to wear thin if this game ran on much longer than than it does. Um, oh, absolutely! I think a lot of the things that you see as sort of charming would very quickly get tiresome. So I think it it doesn't overstay its welcome, which I think a lot of games have a hard time not doing <laughs> oh, yeah. and yeah i think outside of that that's most of the stuff that i kind of wanted to point out i like i said i personally really enjoyed the experience um i i hadn't gotten around to finishing dark moon yet so that'll probably be well probably next on the list i'll definitely be checking out uh luigi's mansion 3 when it comes out um for the switch for sure um, so what, anything else that you kind of wanted to highlight about, uh, about Luigi's, Luigi's mansion? It has a really fun Nintendo land mini game. Oh yeah. Have you ever played Nintendo land? Uh, I did not actually. Oh, okay. They have a mini game for that based off the, uh, Luigi's mansion. That's an asymmetrical multiplayer game. And I know that you, in your notes, you say here that, you know, there's a multiplayer mode scrapped. Mm-hmm. I know this has nothing really to do with Luigi's mansion because this Nintendo land is completely different, but that aesthetic is there where, you have four players that play as the ghost, and then the the player with the gamepad gets to play as Luigi and chase them around. And it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I think I, I think I saw a little bit about that when I was uh, when I was doing the research for this. But yeah, I never I never actually get really got a chance to play the Nintendo Land stuff at all. But yeah, that thing I just thought I'd throw out that random trivia. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, and that thing that you <laughs> you mentioned about the scrapped mode in the original there apparently some people had dug up some unused like files from the game and one of those was a mario model that had like the the straps for the poltergust sort of on the model which would kind of suggested to people that perhaps there was you know a a multiplayer mode for it that like never saw the light of day even though the uh following title in the game actually did end up with a uh, a multiplayer multiplayer mode so are you sure it wasn't called the polter flood wasn't wasn't called the what flood f-l-u-d-d flood Come oh on, man from freaking sunshine <laughs> why do why do you Damn it, keep bringing Bob. things back to sunshine <laughs> good lord we're talking gamecube no we're games. talking luigi's mansion we're not talking about frustrating mario games that probably get more praise than it might deserve <laughs> which uh, I'm not even going to go there. Um, but in any case, okay, yes. Shane, uh, is Luigi's Mansion worth playing today? Uh, considering I just did it, yes, absolutely. What I mean, uh, I suppose the recommendation would probably be to try to hit it up on the GameCube if you can, because um, that's probably the, the best way to play it. But if you can't, then playing it on a 3DS or, or 2DS is 
definitely not a bad way to go. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm going to concur with that. Uh, I'm going to say that you know, Luigi's Mansion is, is a good game to play even today. Uh, go back and play it on your GameCube if you have that available to you. If you don't, make sure that you have the uh, new 3DS and 2DS in order to play it on because I could imagine that being a colossal pain in the ass to playing on any of the previous 2DS, 3DS models. And uh, if you want a good adventure slash puzzle game, because I think that's what this game really is at heart. Uh, It's not a Mario game. It is an adventure puzzle game. And if you do enjoy those kind of games that you can relax and you don't want to spend too much time investing in it, this is the perfect game for you, especially if you're an older gamer that doesn't have the time to dedicate to video games that you may have in the past. Yep. No, I, I definitely agree. Uh, all right. So, uh, with all of that said, I think we're probably going to wrap this one up. Um, as we mentioned, by the way, uh, keep an eye out for Luigi's Mansion Boom. three coming out soon for the switch. Boom. Um, Boom. should be a good time. Boom. I like Chris's backing humming to this. That's great. <laughs> um, so yeah, no, it's not distracting at all. So, uh, you can uh, find us pretty much on any social media platform. Um, Instagram is probably going to be the best place to reach out to us. You can also hit us up, uh, via email, uh, podcast at retrohangover.com. And uh, feel free to join us on our stream Sundays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time, uh, where we will be streaming some retro game or another. Uh, I think, well, this will probably have already passed by the time this episode comes out, so I won't mention it. But I don't know what we'll be playing then. Maybe we'll finish Final Fantasy Adventure. Yeah, we, we may get around to actually doing that. But uh, I'll probably end up getting wrapped up in playing some Link's Awakening DX, so that might overtake that for a while. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Might. It might. That's probably a little bit po- more popular. Probably, too, yeah. But, um, but yeah. And then, of course, we've got the uh, the Patreon. So as we mentioned at the beginning of the episode, if you would like to check out some of our bonus audio content and rapid-fire reviews, then please feel free to go over to bit.ly slash rhpatron, and you can donate at the 16-bit tier, and that will give you access to all of that bonus stuff. And uh, we also have the merch store open, as always. So that's at bit.ly slash RHP merch. And you can pick yourself up a sweet T-shirt or a mug or a sticker or whatever you like. Um, but with all of that said, uh, I think, Chris, uh, until next time. Play with your we're totally not sponsored by Nintendo and not getting paid to tell you to play Luigi's Mansion 3 joysticks. Mm-hmm.